Welcome to the Stranger Still podcast. I'm Miles. I'm Kathleen. And we are re-watching every episode of Stranger Things ahead of season four, which will be released in two parts in May and July. Ooh. It's been three years, though. So let's catch up together. Let's re-watch it all. Right. Today's episode or today's chapter is chapter four, The Body. All right, let's do this. Now dial into your Heath Kit ham shack. Let's go ham radio <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> okay, so this um, uh, this chapter starts with the police have arrived at Will's house and they're searching it for the creature that Joyce says that she saw coming out of the wall, of course, finding nothing. And um, oh gosh, the thing that I love about this opening scene is the character development that happens for Hopper. It's just incredible. You see just like some really heartwarming moments. Just everything about it is also incredibly sad. Um, you know, Hopper is telling Joyce that they found Will's body. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we know that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but her refusal to believe that it's Will, but then Hopper using his own personal experience with his daughter to explain, you know, I saw her too. I I heard her voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is so moving. Um, yeah. You know, y- you really see a lot of like what kind of person Hopper is. And I, I love it, too, for the connection between Hopper and Joyce. Because what does she say to that? She says, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about grief. I, I get it. I understand what you're doing. That's but not what this is. Yeah. And there is like, she's like, I need you to believe me. And yeah. he doesn't believe her. But there's like some frequency that they are on. In, in there's just something that is just real. Well, and what it them. is 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 he understands completely what she's going through or thinks uh-huh. she does because he has gone through it himself. You know, this is what I saw is the moment that he lets go of his destructive kind of mindset, you know, in um, chapter one, chapter two, and he's... <laughs> you know, not taking care of himself. He's sleeping around with women. He's taking drugs, drinking, smoking excessively, you know, like not taking care of himself because he's living with this grief. But this is the moment that he sees what that destruction is and that Mm. hole that you can dig yourself into and understands that he can do better and he can help somebody go through exactly what he went through so that she doesn't have the same experience. Wow. It's interesting. We just kind of different, like I, I, now that you're saying it, I can, I can see it that way, but I was thinking of it more as like, he is on some level knows that this isn't exactly how Joyce would react to this news, that there is something Mm -hmm. slightly off Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he connects to her in, in some some wavelength or something like that, knowing they're, I don't know. But he goes outside, he's going to leave, and he turns his car on, and he turns the car off. He, he said, stays. I'm just going to sleep, I'll sleep right here in the, in the truck. Yeah, I just thought that was so heartwarming to do that. I mean, again, he knows exactly what she's going through, and he makes a decision right there to be there for her if needed to watch over her. And that, that sets him on the path, I believe for, for what he does later in the episode. And we'll talk about it later in the episode. He just, he, there is like, 
there's an investment that he has from mm-hmm. this scene. So yeah, there's a mm-hmm. change in Hopper from the first scene, I think, that you've identified. So meanwhile, the kids. The kids <laughs> got their thing. The, oh. the three boys and a girl, 11, the party. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're devising a plan to go to school or to skip school so that they can go to school. Well, and remember <laughs> where we left off with Mike and 11 and at the end of chapter two is mm-hmm. he... He loses all of his faith in 11, all of his trust in 11. And you see that, you know, with their opening scene, she's messing with the radio and he's stop. He's so angry. But then she finds him. She finds Will and he hears Will's voice and all of that trust comes back. Yeah. And because Will is singing, should I stay or should I go? Um, And... Then they bring the other boys over, and they're like, "Here, listen, listen." And, and it's true, of course. Lucas, especially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lucas is, is a. I mean, what? That's a baby monitor, right? Yeah. That's what he what he says. But they do the right thing, which is, let's test this hypothesis mm-hmm. with a better let's equipment. Go to the school and <laughs> check out the. Um, try it out on Mr. Clark's. Heathkit Ham Shack, which I am only just now realizing that that's where ham radio comes from. I guess so. I, <laughs> I know it. I've never even heard that phrase in my Heathkit Heathkit Ham Shack. Okay. I don't All know. Right, whatever, so, whatever you say, Dustin. <laughs> it sounds like a good place to eat in Nebraska. <laughs> Stop off at the ham shack. I love when they. I love when they run into Mr. Clark. They try to get to the door. They want to get in there. And there's an assembly going on because remember they skipped school in memory of in Will. memory of Will, and she, she he's like, hey, who's your who's this? And it's oh, this is my cousin. Now, where are you from? And she goes, bad, bad place. place. <laughs> but they all cover up for her so well. They're just like, oh, cold Sweden. It's sub zero. Hates yeah. it there. I have a lot of family in Sweden. They just like all three of them just really quickly. They're right. a good team. But you know what? It's just like the absolute trust from Mr. Clark. I mean, like he cannot sense at all that they're trying to cover something yeah. up, which is really funny. What I really liked about the start of that before they brought her to the school is that's when you see her in that signature outfit. She's got mm-hmm. the blonde wig on, the pink dress with the long socks, and that becomes such a like a vision for Stranger Things. I mean, yeah. that circulates everywhere. You see that in well, social media. You know that that's advertised everywhere. Yeah, that's the outfit that she will be in for some iconic scenes, and it's the outfit Means that a <laughs> yeah that a bunch of eleven year olds picked out for her. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and then they go to the assembly because Mr. Clark busted them and and Mike mm, picks yeah. a fight with the bully. Well, yeah, because the bully is making fun of Will and um, he's like, that's it. You know, yeah. I don't accept this. And he goes to confront the bully. And of course, the bully's about to beat him up and... Eleven makes him pee himself. Oh, <laughs> yes. Freezes him, makes him pee himself in front of everybody. Yeah. So did you think that Mike went to pick on the bully because he had finally had enough or did he do it because he knew he had some real backup this time with 11? I don't think that that's the reason he did it. I think that he did do it because he'd had enough. His friend who's been in trouble, who he thought was dead and now realizes is alive somewhere, somehow uh, he's not going to allow them to continue to slander his name. (laughs) I love the other guy. 
<laughs> Didn't you listen to the counselor? Grief comes out in a lot of strange ways. <laughs> I was like, way to use the rules. That guy's a middle manager somewhere right now. I guarantee it. Yes. <laughs> um, so that we'll come back to the kids and we'll come back to what they do at the yeah. ham radio at the at the end here. Let's kind of pivot and just kind of jump through the episode. The the lab. You know, we're back. Oh, we're back yeah. to the lab again, yo. The whole rhapsody. Uh, <laughs> we're down there. It's, it's darker. <laughs> There's more ash or floaty things. Mm-hmm. The goo on the wall is is larger and and more alive. And it's now identified. Um, they send the guy through what they call the rip. Mm. So you understand it's a rip into some other dimension. Obviously, you know, if if all of you are like us, we we're, we're just rewatching this. We know that it's the upside down. Yeah. That is a rip into the upside down. Um, but that's where it's identified. Yeah. It's the rip. It's so true mm. to me. It rings so true that they would just get a metal rope thing and be like, we got it. We're <laughs> men. You know, we figured all this out. We'll just pull them back if anything happens. Yeah, just pull them back. I mean, how hard could it be? Get it done. Oh, pretty dang hard because... Because uh, yeah, it doesn't him, go well. Like, he's, yeah, he's like, oh, there's something else in here. And they're like, come in, please. Why isn't he coming in? <laughs> and then they reel him out and there's blood all over. It's the he's classic. eaten. We spend a lot of this episode following Hopper around. Oh, uh, we, yes. You know, we go... He's at the, at the um, coroner's office with Joyce mm-hmm. and Jonathan. And he hears that Gary, the regular coroner... Was, was not there. It was like sent home. He was home. not the one to do the ops, autopsy. He was sent home. Which is like, and he's like, hmm. Whereas there's already been some fishy stuff that's happened within this investigation. So it does not take him even a moment to want to follow up on that. He knows that something is going on. Why Why would they send the coroner home? Yeah. There's no reason to do that. And he, and he talks to Gary and Gary says, yeah, it was kind of weird. There's a bunch of troopers and... And Hopper goes, weird. And he goes, yeah, you know, because it was Will Byers and not John F. Kennedy, (laughs) which this was November 1983, exactly 20 years after the JFK assassination. I'm sure that was fresh on their minds. You would remember that. Well, they remember it. They remember it, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But then he goes to the bar to talk to the trooper, Trooper O'Bannon. Is O'Bannon or O'Connell? I don't remember what. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what his name was. I wrote the down trooper. O'Bannon, yeah, the state trooper. Okay. And I, I, this is again where I question, like, is Hopper good at his job or not? Like, I still, I oh, can't figure 100%. it out. One hundred percent. But then why? <laughs> he well, he starts off the way he does, um, acting like a you know a regular Joe, talking, having some drinks, trying to get some information, talking about his daughter, that is spelling really, bee. That is the the least suspicious um, first attempt to try to get information. Yeah. That's what you would start with. But he doesn't like get, he as soon as he asks his first question, he's like, I know you're lying. Like he blows well, all that cover you know, he immediately. Doesn't, he doesn't know at the time that I, the guy's not going to slip up on anything. Mm. He's doing whatever he can to d- get as much yeah. information as possible. I think that's a normal. My favorite part, though, is that the trooper blows him off, says, don't think. And we just cut scene to, troop, to Hopper just beating the shit out of him <laughs> <laughs> behind the bar. Yeah. Because, you know, what? just get the information out of the guy. You really need this information. We're going to beat him up. (laughs) And he gets what he needs to know. He wasn't going to beat around the bush about it. Just gets it done. And then this moment is also when you see the guy look over his shoulder at the ominous black car. Mm -hmm. 
And he says, you're going to get us both killed. Yeah. Something's going on. Mm-hmm. This goes to a level you wouldn't believe. Um, and then, you know, so Hopper, yeah, he's good at his job. He's uncovering a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand that, but it's also just kind of How funny. How dare you even imply that he's not good at his job? Just, I take personal offense to that. I mean, he did try to do it the right way and then beat the guy up behind a bar. Well, and that ended up being the right way. Yeah. And then he goes to the morgue, says he's, you know, he, he says he lost his hat, goes to the guy and says, you know, I'm, oh, I just got off the line with O'Bannon. And the guy's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and he just goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and he just gives the punch. Mm, okay. And this is the moment where I'm going to admit <laughs> that your wife, <laughs> Kathleen McGilvery, mm-hmm. has... A bit of a TV crush on Hopper. All right. Ooh, All right. He, this is when he, you know, he's saving the day. He's a man's man. He goes out there and he gets the job done. He beats up those bad guys. It's a good punch, too. It's a good 80s punch, like a diehard punch. <laughs> Just boom, boom, pow. Um, yeah. But you'll stay with me? I'll stay with you, of course. Yes. Since Hopper is... You're fictional a, you're character. You're a main guy. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, so, yeah, he does that. Of course, he goes into the morgue. He does the scalpel right down the center of the, oh, of the dummy yes. will. Yes, this is when he goes in there. He he's, knows something is fishy. He cuts open the body and realizes it's fake, completely yeah. fake. It's been doctored to look like Will Byers. And I just think all of this comes from that frequency, that conversation that they had. They just they knew him and Joyce had some connection where they knew something was wrong. It's more mm-hmm. than just the 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 status of the facts. I think it comes from his his respect for her, mm-hmm. and then also seeing that clearly there are things that are wrong with this. within the course of this investigation there's things that are happening yeah why was gary sent home perfectly good coroner why did gary go home (laughs) where's gary does gary ever come back i don't remember gary not that i remember no i think that's the last we see of gary that's too bad uh, Jonathan and Nancy got their own quest going on. Yeah, Nancy, gosh, I almost forgot about yeah, them. There's only Nancy's yeah. with Steve saying like, "Hey, you gotta, you know, look for Barb, look for clues at your house." And she's well, yeah. She tells him, "I went back to your house," and of course, he's questioning that. All he cares is about about is the fact that he might get in trouble, yeah. which of course is like there's bigger things. There's bigger things going on here. Who cares if you're going to get in trouble? My friend Barb is missing. Yeah. Something terrible could have happened to her. And she basically says that to him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't give a moment of pause. No. He just goes, what? but couldn't you just tell him without the beers? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, and a, that's where she leaves. Yeah. And more power to you, girl. Isn't This is probably the worst thing that Steve does over the first four episodes, wouldn't you say? Because, I mean, he does, like, he comes in, breaks yeah. into her, or goes in her house and wants to test with her, obviously wants to bone, but then he's pretty respectful of her. You know, I mean, he, he, the character of Steve was supposed to be, like, a super, super bad guy, you know, that, that Jonathan was going to save mm-hmm. her from. But they, they've talked about this in many interviews. They cast a, a too likable of an actor. And so he they kind of dialed likable. him back. But this oh, is they they consciously did that. Like yeah. they their intentions was to have him be a worse person. Yeah. Oh, so I, was, I was reading about that. That's and, really interesting. And they were just like, I oh, do man. like his character, and I love how they develop him too. Mm-hmm. You know, he ends up being the good guy. I yeah. I just I really like that. I know, and he's great. But this moment with Nancy is is one of his bad 
moments yeah. when he just can't yeah. see past finding out, hey, my dad's a great A asshole, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... And, um, then, and then after that, she goes and she interviews with the police mm-hmm. to tell them everything that happened. Well, not everything. She doesn't admit that they slept together, pretends like none of that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... They say no, you know, we looked for her car, her car was gone. Yeah, that was a, that was an alarming moment. Mm-hmm. Now we Yep, cuz she saw the car abandoned on the side of the road. Oh no, you know, we think that she just came back later and left from there. Yeah. Barb she knows though. She knows that something happened and nobody's listening to her. Yeah, and she's seen this like thing mm-hmm. in the woods that she just, you know, didn't get a good look at, I guess. And so she goes to Jonathan, who's had his own day at the morgue well, for his little no, brother. Well, no, yeah, she goes. So she goes home, admits to her mama oh, she slept with Steve. That's right. And then she finds the picture, the picture that was ripped oh, up from right. chapter two, and she sees in the corner something unclear, but she thinks it might be the creature, the Demogorgon. Oh yes. And um, tapes it back together. I need to go back to Jonathan, mm-hmm. see if we can figure out what exactly happened. I know where he'll be at the casket store. And so she heads down. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> she heads down. She says, hey, you know, I need you to blow up this picture. Not the one you took of me in my bra. This one of Barb. <laughs> uh, and he does. And they and, and they talk about it a little bit. And she and he she's about to not say it. I was like really worried when I first watched this. Come on, she's like, yeah, it. it was just something like. I and we know, know that Jonathan heard the the no face mm-hmm. thing from his mom, yeah. and she stops just before saying it. And I'm like, oh great, we're gonna have to wait for that. And then Jonathan <laughs> just goes, what? But what? What? What were you gonna say? Yeah. She goes, no face. I like that. I like that they give you, they give you the information. They don't just yeah. beat around the bush and like draw everything out unnecessarily. Yes. I just, I really like that. And that is the moment that Jonathan realizes. Oh my gosh, my mom was, she was actually telling the truth as yeah. like crazy as it seems that it's real. Yeah, we're, and that's the theme mm-hmm. of this episode. Everybody kind of waking up to, uh-oh, I mean, not just uh-huh. Lucas and the rest of the kids, not just Hopper, Jonathan, Nancy, everybody's sort of waking mm-hmm. up to this yep. and getting a little bit more on Joyce's level. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. So they go there, they blow it up, uh, and... Uh, but then we get the, the climax of this episode, which I think was fantastic, where we kind of bring all the stories together. Mm-hmm. Will and or Joyce is in the house and she can hear Will through the, the wall, through the upside down. The kids and Eleven are listening in on the ham radio to this interaction. So we're hearing a boom, boom, boom. And Joyce is peeling away the wallpaper and there's goo. Will. There's goo that wasn't there before. There's just this transparent almost like a living thing that you can see through this living window and she's so close to him she's so close to him and mm-hmm. and and you're getting a, a more of a picture of what it is where it is that he's at mm-hmm. i mean where are you it's dark it's like home but it's so dark and empty you and know cold. and cold <laughs> yep and um i mean it's just continuing to reveal more of the storyline here and yeah. um and through through Eleven's powers, the kids are listening in on that conversation. Yep, yep. And they're so now they all know that Will is alive. Uh-huh. So everybody's like just being brought in on the on the, the gambit here. You're so close to getting Will back, but you don't. And you see, like, it, when she knows the creature's coming and she tells him to hide. Mm-hmm. And as she's doing that, the wallpaper is actually like reforming yeah. over the window. 
Um, the drywall's coming back. There's no window. It's a uh, no. Just the, wall. It, the the living window. Oh, okay. you know, the living, the living window. Yeah, you know, of course. To the to the upside down. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> and the wall is reappearing, and oh gosh, and the ham radio explodes. The ham radio catches on fire. Yeah, and Dustin right on it. Go get that fire yeah, extinguisher, my man. I'm so impressed. He is like <laughs> so practical through. He is the most practical through all of this. All of the things that he says. Should we be walking into yeah. this dangerous situation? Yeah. And so Dustin practical. Joyce says, I better take an axe to the wall. So she starts getting an axe and starts uh, breaking through her own house. But too late. That window to the upside down yeah. has already closed. Yep. She's lost her access. She's lost her chance mm. to get Will back at that moment. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I think we technically end on Hopper going to the Haw- Hawkins lab yeah. and cutting a wire. Yep. So we'll, what we also get through this is unexpectedly, I completely forgot about the deadbeat dad. He shows up. You see, you have no word interaction. He shows up. They embrace. Then it shoots to the scene of Hopper driving to the lab, cutting into the chain link Mm -hmm. to get into the lab and episode over. Yeah. Just a great episode. I I really love this one. I think my favorite is the first one. Of the four we've watched so far in in our rewatch, mm-hmm. but this is this is probably second for me. I think um, I think this was my my favorite. Yeah, I feel like um, this is the well. We'll go back to that in a little bit here. Yeah, I want to talk quickly before we get to Kathleen's feeler moment of the day <laughs> and my uh, music moment. I wanted to talk about Stephen King real quick because we've talked a lot about the Steven Spielberg of it all with <laughs> E.T. and Jaws and then all the all the George Lucas Star Wars references. <laughs> Stephen King is the other huge influence on this show. I mean, the premise of the show itself is classic Stephen King, yeah. you know, Department of Energy in the middle of small town America. Always running having some, that touch of supernatural, yep. otherworldly. Yeah, and the font for mm-hmm. the episodes or like Stephen King font for his, for his books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this this episode is called The Body, which is one of his books, which is the book that was later made into Stand By Me, um, Gosh. which is one of, of course, the most famous ones. I mean, there's a, literally a character in this episode reading a book by Stephen King, the the cop that Hopper punches that you were so attracted oh, to. Oh, that was a... I wasn't even yeah, paying was attention to the book. I didn't yeah, realize Cujo. he was reading Cujo. Oh, yeah, my and gosh. Hopper even says, like, nice book or whatever. Um, and then, of course, we've got... You know, Joyce putting an axe through a wall, which is classic Shining. Oh, yeah. This episode is like, okay, Stephen King is also here. We, we talk about Spielberg a lot, but here, hey, Stephen and, King, you're our man as well. another integral part of the 80s right there. Absolutely. Tying all, right. all the 80s together. Yep. I, I absolutely love it. Kathleen, let's talk to you about the feeler moment of the show. Okay, so mine is a very subtle feeler moment going back to him uh, pre-punching that state trooper, whatever, not O'Connell, whatever, Um, O'Brien or... The guy at the bar? Yeah. Okay. So when he's talking about his daughter, yeah, my daughter won the spelling bee. What's your daughter's name? Sarah. Mm -hmm. And you have that fleeting moment of you can see the heartache that it causes him. Yeah. And um, but the fact that he uses her in this situation, knowing I mean, that that in itself is just a testament to how he is finally moving forward from his grief. Yeah. 
into the now. Mm. How do I make the now better? Just I just thought that was such a feeler moment. You you see the pain that it causes him, but you also see the growth that he's had, especially through this ep- this one episode. Uh, <laughs> damn, you are plugged into Hopper. Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> should I? <laughs> I you know he's my guy. I really like Joyce. I'm just really into Winona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Miles's music moment of the day, the climax of the of the show. Mm-hmm. This is one of the first um, climaxes of the episodes that we get. That's a score part, you know, because we've had you know we've had a, a couple of just popular songs be used in in, mm-hmm. in different things, but this one we're we're actually listening to the score. After everything I said last episode about them not using that classic '80s drum sound. <laughs> They totally use it here and to, to great effect. <laughs> it's that Phil Collins, doo doo ba doo doo you know. It's called gated reverb. And basically what it is is it's it's a, uh, a way to get the drums to sound big like they would if you had a huge echo on it, but with none of the echo. It's boom, and then it ends. Boom, you know, it just goes away. So it's like a compressor that just gates it. So it, it gives it everything. And that's the 80s sound. That's Bruce. That's Madonna. That's that's Prince. That's the that's and that bass drum is popping in this climax. You know, it's just going and going and going. And we get this, you know, all these sequencing and synth things like we always do. And Joyce is is touching Will and trying to get through the goo and the kids are listening and things are catching on fire. And then when it goes away. And we've done all that, all that pop, that bass drum's just going and it's hitting us. Mm-hmm. Then we get like this sweet, like come down into this modulating thing. And it's gonna come up a lot, but it's this, these synths that are modulating between the notes that we would traditionally think of in rock and roll music. Like you could not play those notes on a guitar. They're not on the guitar. We're hearing like, like stuff like that. We're actually using that to bring like, make it feel weird. That whole song, it's called She'll Kill You. (laughs) I don't know where the title comes from exactly. (laughs) But... I, I was, I'm going to straight listen to that song. It is super good. You know, it's interesting. You bring up the music, so obviously that's, you know, the the part that we go over at the end of the show, but it's all those things that, I mean, I, the, those aren't things that I would pay attention to. Um, you know, distantly, I recognize the music is integral mm-hmm. to the show. That definitely makes it good, but I don't know why. I just know that it does make it good. Yeah. It's just, it's really interesting to hear the the details about that music and yeah. how how it relates to the 80s and how it is used with effect with the cinematography. Yeah, it's just they they have such respect for the music in this show. Like they it's not a filler. It it's it so part good. of it and I mm-hmm. I love that. And that's why I want to have a moment every episode. Uh, yeah, I like that. All right, so uh, final question before we depart today. I know it was so long ago when we watched for the first time, and I'm going to ask you <laughs> listeners as well, what what were you thinking at the conclusion of this episode the first time you watched it? So much happened. How did you Man, feel? I, 
I felt like enthusiasm and trust for the writing of the episode, that the characters were so smart yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Like, that is what we didn't just like they do all of the right things. Yeah, we could have had like all of these characters mm-hmm. swimming in ignorance about what Will was doing, about you know, oh Jonathan and Nancy just missed on the faceless thing. Yeah. You know, the kids don't believe Eleven about Will. Joyce, you know, Hopper and Joyce don't believe each other. It all gets resolved in a single episode. Nancy and Jonathan, they figure out they blow up the picture. That's what you should do. Take that picture (laughs) and go back to the lab and make it bigger. And the kids are like, hey, it doesn't work on this transistor radio. Let's Let's go to a bigger bigger radio. (laughs) And and, and Hopper, of course, does his whole investigation. That's what I felt. I felt like so trust. Like they're going to really, they could have had, they could have filled out the season. Yeah. With the things that they resolved in this episode. That's why I'm this. So glad that they did resolve it. That's why this. Se- that's why this season of Stranger Things is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It really is, and we'll keep talking about it as we get through the the other half. We're now halfway through. And you know that just you saying that just makes me think that is part of the the stre- how streaming should be done because mm-hmm. with TV shows that you know you would traditionally watch one a week i mean you can do that more mm. yeah i feel like you can keep them hooked but if somebody's going to stream and they're not going to get the information they want within the yeah. first couple episodes they're going to drop off they're going to drop yeah. off that series that's such a good point i i wish i would have made it let's 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 cut and i'm going to say that <laughs> instead of no nope, i coined it <laughs> trademark but that is they're free from the get people back next week that's why they're able yep. to tell this great story. And that us as the audience, we're used to, we're going to leave you with something to talk about for the week. There's plenty of cliffhangers and Stranger Things, of course, not that it doesn't mm-hmm. exist, yeah. but they're free from needing to string it out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it, oh man, it's so good. This thing dropped all ep- episodes at the same time. Yep. Oh, gosh, yeah. what a good feeling it was to be able to binge through that because I know watching this episode, I could not help but want more. Yeah. For me, this this was the point where I, I was already hooked to the show, but this is where I truly started to understand how revolutionary it was going to be for the way we watch television from from here on out. Streaming things, I mean, it it, it was just so excellent. The storyline was excellent. The way it was structured was excellent. The music's excellent. The acting's everything about it is excellent it and i knew i just feel at this moment that i knew that this is going to be one of the shows that's talked about for a really long time here we are here we are five six years later and it's still i everybody loves it i mean everybody has been waiting for season four to come out oh man absolutely and we will be here with you so that's the end of episode four. We'll be back for episode five. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, follow us on Twitter. I got to remember to do that. Follow us at Twitter or on Twitter at StrangerStill22. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good advertisement. My name is Miles. My name's Kathleen. Good night. We out. <laughs>